We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host jacob morley you can find me on twitter at jacob morley and i am joined today as always by my co-host Ross Uglum, find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. And folks, it is draft week. Uh, we are recording this on Monday of draft week, and it is already a doozy. Ross, how are you, man? And quite real question uh, Is number 83 open right now on the Packers roster? Is that available for uh, potentially someone? Allegedly. It's, it, it is allegedly. Allegedly open. All right. Well. Interesting. Yes, as we are sitting here today, right in the middle of one of our one of us, you know, one of us breaking breaking this story too. Um, Aaron Nagler of Cheesehead TV uh, dropping kind of the bomb today, talking about how the Packers are still interested, and that's the key phrase right there. Still interested in tight end from the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Darren Waller. Because allegedly, and this was this was uh, confirmed by Justice Mosqueda as well, that allegedly the trade for Devontae Adams was first 22 and Darren Waller for Devontae Adams. And then the league, the no fun league had to come in with their rules and say, well, well, actually, you can't do that because uh, Devontae Adams is a franchise tagged player and you cannot trade a franchise tag player for another player, which is odd. That's an odd, um, it's kind of an odd rule, but in any case, they shot that down and Packers came back. Packers came back to the negotiating table with the Raiders and said, well, how about a one and a two for Devante Las Vegas said, yep. Okay. And that is the deal as we know it. Now, here we are today. And the Packers are still interested in Darren Waller. Packers are maybe had some type of handshake agreement with the Raiders saying, hey, just wait a, just wait a couple months. Send us send us that too as collateral. We'll, we'll kick it back to you for this guy. I don't know. That seems like a lot of trust that for NFL teams that typically don't trust each other like that. Um, but Ross, 
what what is your take on on everything going on right now? Um, it's interesting, you know. Uh, I suppose that's the least interesting word to use is interesting, but I I just think you know. Um, I think people would have viewed that initial trade a lot differently, in my opinion. Like, if it was Thursday, the first Thursday of the NCAA men's tournament, and um, you know, breaking breaking moves, uh, the Packers have uh, traded Devontae Adams for Darren Waller and a first round pick. I, I just think it gets viewed differently. You know, I think. Um, the alpha pass catcher, you know, they're the same age, so age has really nothing to do with it. Um, if uh, you know, you're, you're <laughs> what I'm trying to say is age really has nothing to do with it, so it's kind of just player for player. And then the Packers get this tremendous value of the 22nd overall pick. I just think it's viewed differently, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say and, and struggling to say. I, I, I think people had kind of a negative view of the first and the second round pick for Adams. I think most people feel like Oakland won the trade, especially with an aging Rodgers. Right. And I think the it left such a hole on this roster. And I think that was the initial shock was like, oh, a one and a two. Great. That's awesome. That's going to be a ton of fun. But who's going to catch passes? And I think that was the initial kind of like, this is a, this is a Super Bowl team with a window of one, two, maybe three years. And now they don't have a viable receiving option. So that would have immediately been, okay, is Darren Waller Devontae Adams? Hell no, of course not. But at least you have a viable number one receiving option in Darren Waller. And now you can build around that. I think the panic would have been a lot less. And if you go back to that day, that was the original report was it was, it was high picks and a player. And so I think that is kind of come full circle now when you look at it and say, well, it was a player. And so some people probably had that information and then, you know, maybe didn't have the information of the, the league kind of poo-pooing the trade. And so a player ended up not being in it. And a lot of people right away were like, is the player Darren Waller? Like, is that who it is? And uh, it was, it would have been. Yeah. Um, but it and, then put the, and, so, and then put the tinfoil hat all the way on and just say, well, the Packers and the Raiders have always had this agreement in place and are doing it 60 days later to – or 30 days later to ward off suspicion. <laughs> I don't think it would ward off suspicion. I think everyone would know <laughs> what but, – what right. but, but they're not doing anything wrong. You know, like that is – that's yeah. the thing. It's like that is – these are two trades completely independent of each other. Like we sent these picks Allegedly. to to Green Bay for this player, and they came back to the table and said, hey, you know, we do want to make the deal with Waller, so let's send, let's send that 53 that you sent us back to you. I don't know. Like does it make a ton of sense? No, but <laughs> crazier things have happened, and I think they would be free of any type of – rule breaking because they're two I mean the Packers own the 53rd pick now that is their pick yeah. so it is theirs to do what they see fit with and if they see fit to send it back to Las Vegas for the tight end that they originally wanted in the first place the NFL can can suck it like they really like that's kind of just how it how how this is going to go if uh <laughs> if it goes down that way because 
that's well, that is how it's going to be. I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers suck it dot GIF, right? Well, that's I mean, what it is. The easiest thing would just be you have, I think, three seventh round picks. Like send them a seventh round pick in fifty eight instead of fifty three. Sure. Yeah. What the hell is the difference? You know, just just do that, and then it's like, no, we got two picks from Green Bay. Like we got, I can't remember what their where their picks is. Like maybe Chicago, Buffalo. I can't. Or it doesn't matter. But you know, we got it. We got Green Bay's original second round pick and a seventh round pick for Darren Waller. F off. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. Same. It's different. But different. <laughs> but the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see. And, I mean, that's all to say that this could never happen, right? Like It, it could happen. What makes it interesting, too, is in principle, both these teams have already agreed to this. <laughs> right. By saying, you know what I mean? Like they, they both were ready. The Packers were ready to receive this player and the Raiders were ready to ship him off. That fell through. So like, it's not a new concept to the Raiders to say like, we were ready to give this guy up. And so maybe we want that draft capital back instead of player, you know, play Waller. You know, it is rumored that Waller wants a new deal as well. He does have two years remaining on his original deal. His deal right now is very team friendly. Um, if I looked at it correctly, which I may maybe didn't, but I believe it is six and a half million due this year, which is cheap. Um, our, and then uh, the other thing that um, our pal Justice Mosqueda pointed out too is like, go get the tight end. That's going to be ten million, like top of the market for a tight end is on average ten to twelve million cheaper than a top of market wide receiver. And if Matt LaFleur is everything he says he is, and on, and I believe that he is. I believe yeah. in this offense with Aaron Rodgers. Just give me those guys. Give me a Darren Waller. Give me Sammy Watkins. Go draft a rookie receiver. Give me Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Like That is enough quality NFL pass catchers to have a very high-functioning NFL offense. Oh, because, by the way, they run the football really well, too. They have two of the yeah. best running backs in the league, plus an offensive line that – um, should be ready to roll next year. And you oh, and by the way, tw- tw- hey, they, I think they have the MVP playing quarterback as well. Yeah. So this offense will be okay. And you could give Waller a decent contract that gives him a little security for his age 32 season and then can basically have all fake money for age 33 and 34 if you want because your position of leverage is pretty high considering – Right now, the Raiders have him for peanuts both this year and next. So you're in a positive leverage situation. Yeah. And then the other thing that would really make this. Devontae. Oh, yes, they did. They did. (laughs) Uh, And so that might be. Derek Carr got paid, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So it brings me back to. And if you guys can't tell, we're kind of just kind of this is the wheels are spinning in my head as we're doing this. It makes me it really does make you think. Did they have that handshake agreement? Like, well, (laughs) I'm telling you, man, put the tinfoil hat on. Like, let's let's go ahead. It's it's like, oh, man, did you ever have a teacher like in school? That's like, hey, if you're going to leave, you got to leave something here. So you come back or whatever. It's like, hey, if you're going to leave. 
to go grab something, you need to leave your phone here. So I know you're coming back. Like that is like, it's collateral is the word I'm trying to think of with this dumb story, but, <laughs> but, but, but the, but the, but the Packers basically being I, like, I Hey, grow up. I, di- I didn't go to school in the hood. Sorry. I, I don't, <laughs> when I asked to go, when I asked to go to the bathroom, people just let me go. And then I came back. Hey, you know, Valley city, man. That's how it is. Yeah. Valley city. You, you, you are bring me, some, bring me a frozen pizza. <laughs> uh anyways collateral though like they said like hey so give us a second and we'll we'll come back around to this i i don't know i don't know it's it is fascinating though and it is interesting but let's talk about so let's assume that this deal does get done let's assume that uh by the time you are listening this tomorrow or before the draft even rolls around on thursday that darren waller is a green bay packer how does that affect what Green Bay would probably want to do with those two first round draft picks, Ross. I'm sorry, what? Or does it at all? I mean, let's say Darren Waller is added to this offense. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. What does that do to their draft strategy? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, I still think they end up taking I, – I, I still think if they add Waller, they end up taking a receiver-receiver. Um, might be a smaller guy like Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. You know, they might um, – because that's that's like what they don't have is a Z in like the Santonio Holmes, Emmanuel Sanders body type, you know, like a shooting or, guard. Like a, like or a how about this? Or they just say, F it. 
we're going to cram the ball down your throat. We're going to take yeah, Trayvon Watson. Burks or <laughs> Watson and just, just have freaking Frost Giants at the, the wide w, receiver position. The W boys, Watson, Waller, and Watkins. That'd be all right. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, I, I'm still, and I don't, I don't know. I don't think Mike Lombardi's very good, but but I have kind of espoused to his theory of building a uh, wide receiver core like a basketball team. You know, their power forward in Alan Lazard is is pretty obvious, and their point guards are you know Cobb and Rogers, and that makes sense. But they are missing those wing guys like Devonte, guys that can line up kind of all over the place, guys that can win outside, but can actually create separation and not just box you out. And that's. Like I said, if if they got Waller, I would like to see, you know, someone that can win outside. Um, and if that, you know, if that is Watson and it's just another really big guy, but the guy who has speed and can separate, that's fine. I just think, you know, the really crafty route runner like the Greg Jennings is missing from this group right now. Um, and, you know, that's what I think you, you might, you know, potentially have in Alave. Yep, uh, I think Alave would make a lot of sense if you're building like he's and and Lafleur has talked about that as well. He's talked about wanting his wide receiver room to be like a basketball team, and so you're looking at guys. Then okay, well, so who are the route runners in this draft class? And Alave is top of the list. Uh, but then later on, like if you still have that second round pick, or maybe he's sitting there at 93 or 92, whatever their third round pick is, like maybe John Mechie's still sitting there, um, would be a fantastic yeah, addition a good to this team. Uh, you know, it, it is it, or talk about like, would they still be interested um, if they even are interested in moving up for a guy like Jamison Williams at the wide receiver position and just say, OK, so we went from having nobody as pass catchers to now we have Darren Waller and uh, the best wide receiver in this draft class, I think. And, like, J- and Jamison, Williams, I mean, Jamison if, he's he- if he's healthy, you know, the, and the I'll, need I'll say this. In. I'll, I'll, I'll give off a take quake here. I think if they acquire Waller, I think there's a chance they could end up with a better overall receiving group than they had at the end of last season. Because you add Tanyan, I understand you subtract Adams, but man, if you can roll out like an Olave or a Jamison and then add a mid-round guy like Tolbert or Thornton or whatever, I wouldn't have much expectation in year one you know, for the smaller guy or for the later round guy. Um, but man, if you, if you could really roll out like Drake London or Olave or Williams and add him to Watkins, Waller, Tunyon, Lazard, Cobb Rogers with a, another move forward for Amari Rogers, I think you might end up with a better overall group than what they had a season ago, especially if you get a, a move forward from DeGuara as well. And I just don't think that was even on the table, man. Like you, like if you put Waller and London or Waller and Olave with the addition of Watkins, that's an interesting group. Yeah. I think that was always, that was my initial take or response or thought to Adams being gone is can you know people ask well how in the how the hell does this how does this team get better without Devontae Adams? And that's a fair question. It really is, but let's look at it. I mean I mean the, seven and oh without him with wins in Kansas City and win and a win in New Orleans. 
it's not shabby, not too shabby. And last year, beating Arizona undefeated with yeah. basically it, no one. At no Arizona, one at, yeah, at Arizona, at Kansas City, at New Orleans. And yes, Jawan, okay, cool. Jawan Winfrey, Tunyon right. got hurt. Tunyon got hurt in that game. And then Cobb had two touchdowns. I mean, like, so like, cool. it can be done. But, yeah. like, to your point, though, it's not necessarily, like, how does this team get better? Well, team, Devontae makes up 111th of that offense. I would rather, I mean, I would rather have Devontae and two other good receivers. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. but I'd rather have Devontae and trade the two for Darren Waller. <laughs> cor- cor- correct. Correct. Absolutely. But, yeah. but that's still to say, you know, like, Darren Waller, Watkins, a high round. Like, that well, is how the this salary cap doesn't work that way, too. It the does salary not. cap doesn't work that way. If this were, you know, salary cap turned off in Madden, like, yeah, that's what I do, yeah. but right. it's not. So, right. you know, that's that's how it gets better is right. – and then, you know, there's always going to be the naysayers. Well, Lazard was open. Just throw him the ball. Like, okay. Yeah. Sure. Maybe. But maybe without that security blanket of Devontae, because guess what? If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm throwing that ball to 17 as often as I can too. Yeah. Um, so maybe without that, that is how you kind of round that receiver room out a little bit is it's not always like Devontae's open. Yep. Throwing the ball. He's not. Oh, well, and that's, what was my that's second always read? been the point. That's always been the point of trading Devontae Adams is you finally now. And like I said, seven and oh wins in Arizona, in Kansas city and in new Orleans against all playoff teams. Plus the other four wins, which right now I think one of them was a blowout win at home against the Raiders, whatever. But um, something I might get into too for Packer Report, depending on who they draft. But they've always been kind of a blended version of like McCarthy and Lafleur, in my opinion, because you still do have the reversion to hero ball. And I saw a lot of hero ball from Rodgers against San Francisco in that loss, and I'm not putting the whole loss on him. Uh, but ultimately, like the fully formed Lafleur version for Rodgers would have been to put Devontae in Lafleur's offense and remove the biases that Rodgers has towards forcing him the ball. And again, he's a great player, in my opinion, a Hall of Famer, and, and all that's great. But ultimately, I think this is really going to force Rodgers to run Matt's offense the way it is designed to be run. Like there, you just have no choice anymore. Even like I said. Even if they get Waller, and and by the way, this Waller shit is funny because the 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 Packers front office and coaching staff has always spoken like they have something up their sleeve, and it, it, mm-hmm. this might be it. They've always talked about, well, you never know who might be available, and you never, you know, it's like, well, we, you know, we've got a plan, and 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 Goody Murphy, all these appearances that they've made. That's why I've got my 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 tinfoil hat on and my my rabbit ears up, my man. Like they've always acted like they know what's up. So no, yeah, no panic, no panic so, at all. You know, you add Waller, a top sixty pick and receiver, and add something from Amari Rogers. Get Randall Cobb back. Get Big Bob back. Get Bach back. Get Elton back. Like. You you work in a lot of that passing stuff to Aaron Jones with AJ Dillon in the back. Like this is Matt Lafleur's version of Matt Lafleur's offense, not Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams's version of Matt Lafleur's offense. Which, by the way, was still pretty goddamn good. Oh, two MVPs, yeah, two. Yeah, you know, so MVPs. that's. But and it I is think, like 
McCarthy's McCarthy's offense was pretty much dependent on go be a dude, go be a dude and get open. Yeah, like right, like this is the route out. concept. Yeah. Um, and Devontae could still do that. Matt Lafleur's offense is is not. It's a lot of it's it's a lot of spacing. It's a lot of crossing routes. It's a lot of rub routes. It is a lot of scheming guys open. So I think you need one someone that's smart that can do that. And you kind of see like the the big body type that they've preferred because they love guys that can do everything as well. Like I just said it. Like Darren Waller is the prototype wide receiver for Matt LaFleur's offense. And I say, yes, he's a tight end, right? But can he play out wide? Yes. Can you kick him in the slot? Yes. Can you play him in line? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to. Uh, like versatility is is everything in this offense. The illusion of complex you know, complexity complexity. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh that was a complex word to say. But that that is what we're that's what they're really striving to do is they want those guys that can do all that sure. stuff. So Darren yeah. Waller is that guy. He is that dude. Um with that said, deal's not done. <laughs> you know, like it hasn't happened and it might not. Yeah. Who knows? Right. But it is fun to talk about, especially during uh, a little bit of a break from draft season, which hell, dra- the draft is in two days. <laughs> oh, boy. Love it. Uh, and let's talk about that, Ross. So we're supposed to be talking about the Packers' final big board. Sorry. Like the, uh, the, the, guys that, uh, the guys that we just really think – are going to be Green Bay Packers, the short list, if you will. And we've talked about it on a, a grander scale of 30 to 40 guys. But let's let's see if the, the two of us here, Ross, can just try to narrow it down to five to six guys that we think, and we, and we don't have to go per pick. Let's just say first round, two picks in the first round. You know, five to six guys that we just absolutely positively think will be a Green Bay Packer. And I think the first one that, uh, well, the I, I think the first one I think that we both would agree on is probably Olave. If if Chris Olave if Chris Olave is sitting there at twenty two, do you think there's any feasible way that they pass on him? And if they do, for who? I mean, potentially just because uh, he doesn't meet their density requirement. You know, right. I mean, he's thin yeah. for what they've. So, and I'm not saying they won't take him. And I think, um, you know, for me, he's wide receiver one. Um, really getting close with Jameson Williams as far as I think my final wide receiver rankings, I might bump Williams over Watson uh, just because every – and it gets so tough because it's like what's agent speak. And for me, Jameson Williams is going to be wide receiver one in this class with a bullet, if not for the ACL. And – and you know, you I think maybe as Packers fans, people get in a situation where they're like, Okay, ACLs take twelve months again, twelve, thirteen months, maybe. And a lot of guys are coming back in eight. And a lot of guys are coming back in ten. And so, you know, you, you you're scarred by all these things that have happened with David Bakhtari, but everything out of the Jameson Williams camp is he's gonna be ready, he's gonna be fine. He's, you know, maybe you start him on the pup, but as soon as week six, seven comes around, he's good to go. Like if I knew that you could have 10 regular season games of Jameson Williams this year, he he might be just a shade below Olave. Yeah. Really, as as wide receiver too. So um I, I I'd just be interested because Olave is light if he's like the this perfect fit that we're talking about. Yeah. 
And and that is that is the thing. And I also said today too, you know, we we have made these thresholds for the wide receiver position, and I do think there is a chance that maybe we overreact a little bit just because of what Goody has taken so far. You know, you talk about Jamon Moore, you talk about Equinamia St. Brown, you talk about Marquez Valdez Scantling. They they all fit a certain prototype, but also that's three guys that he's taken and they're all day three picks. So would they be willing to bend the rule like they did for a Jair in the first round for someone that just was a little bit short? Olave's a little bit light. So I think it's absolutely on the table. I think they would have a hard time passing him up. Um, the other wide receiver that has really surfaced to the top, especially in this year's draft class because of uh, the big school, the age, all that stuff is George Pickens. Um, I think he's the other wide receiver to keep an eye on. But also today, we found out that a lot of people maybe don't love George Pickens <laughs> in the yeah. NFL. Um, the thing, like the thing, I have to say about that is maybe like that. Maybe I'm not going to yeah. discredit that. But usually, when stuff comes out two days before the draft, I kind of roll my eyes at it. Like, okay, like where was this two, a month ago? This could have come out a month right. ago. Why didn't it? Um, hey, I tell you what. I tell you what. The two guys. Two two guys. On the top of this board for me, the USC Drakes. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, uh, Drake. I was. I'm, I'm working through. I am working through. I, I basically a couple of days ago tweeted out two guys at positions that I think the Packers would be interested in um, each, and so Olave Pickens are my receivers. Dax Hill, Lewis Seen are my safeties. Uh, Carl Loftus and Drake Jackson are my edge players, and then Travis Jones and Logan Hall. Uh, we're kind of my interior penetrators. So I've been pre- I've that, been preparing myself for Daxon Hill. I put it. I I kind of have been as well. He makes a yeah. lot of sense to Green Bay. Just a they lot could of run sense. some and really he, cool stuff with him. They could. They could. And you play him in the slot. You play him deep. The only thing I I would say is like they basically have that guy in Savage. Unless they want another, you know, I don't know. And that's why I think like, I think Lewis seen is a better football player, but not by much. I like both those guys a lot. Uh, so if they do end up taking safety and uh, man, I, I'm here for this, Russ, I'm here for this. Let's say Waller or no Waller. The Packers go through their first two picks. Let's say they take George Karloftis and Lewis seen in the first round. I am here to watch Twitter burn on Thursday night. <laughs> because there are going to be a lot of Packers fans who think they basically lost the Super Bowl. Right? They didn't take a receiver in the first round. How dare they? And then the Packers coming out on day two, and there's going to be a lot of value on day two at the wide receiver position. Like I think George Pickens could very much be in play in the second round. Um, that's kind of what it seems like from kind of reading the tea leaves about what the NFL views of him. Um, so those two guys are interesting, but uh, George, so Carl Loftus and Drake Jackson. A lot of people, J- Drake Jackson has kind of risen to the surface and maybe been a late riser, some people would say, but that's not really a real thing in the NFL. Or a late faller. <laughs> or a late faller. He's been both. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> what, uh, these guys, they're pretty well set on their board. And I think, I think Drake Jackson has just kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. And I think some people are just really starting to get caught up on him. Uh, because you look at what he does well and you look at what like Trayvon Walker does well, their tape is actually pretty similar in a lot of ways because they both have the flashes of just the holy shit. Like, whoa, that was amazing. 
And then they also will disappear for a stretch. You know, Drake Jackson, though, has not risen to the top of the literal draft, though, like Trayvon Walker has. And he yeah. is not the same. He's not the same type of athlete. Like, don't get me wrong. Trayvon Walker is an absolute alien. Uh, Drake Jackson is a really good athlete, too, but he's not, you know, just. No, he's not, not so thick. He's, yeah, he's, he's not he's a not, block of granite like Walker is. No, and you saw like the pictures, like the weight that looks like he added doesn't necessarily look like it was the best weight, but he still tested with that freaking spare tire around his waist. So, and he tested well. So that that's a dude that I would really like. And with Drake, with Drake Jackson too, he's kind of started to become the, well, what about at 28? Why not at 28? And that's a fair question because guys like him that have the athletic tools that have the traits, uh, they don't last. They just really don't. And so he would be an interesting pick. And I think it'd be interesting too, because a guy like him, Ross, like he wouldn't need to come in right away and, and be edge one or two. Like edge three for him, like let's go. Like that that's a perfect spot for him. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure it is. And, you know, he he reminds me a little bit of a guy that I loved in um, in Harold Landry. You know, I think he's a little longer than Landry and obviously heavier um, even by just a little bit. But, man, um, I just I think he's a special player uh, and one of those guys, almost like Everson Griffin, who obviously comes from the same school, where he's one of those rare guys that might not get taken in the first round that's going to be a good edge, and then you're just going to think you overthought it. Like, Edges, Justice Mosqueda has this thing about edges being quarterbacks where so many of the top edges, and I'll just get to like the, well, people can be like, well, it's not real, PFF is dumb. But like, look at um, at the at the, at the the grades for the top edges. Uh, we'll go minimum here of, of like 500 snaps. Miles Garrett, first round pick. Max Crosby, kind of the exception that proves the rule. Von Miller, first round pick. Rashawn Gary, first round pick. TJ Watt, first round pick. Bosa, first round pick. Other Bosa, first round pick. Cam Jordan, I think, was a first round pick. Uh, Preston Smith was a second round pick. Melvin Ingram, first round pick. Like you go down these guys that are good rushers, and it's almost all first round picks. Uh, but I just think that that Jackson has this chance to have this like Everson Griffin type career where it's like, well, yeah, no shit, he was good. It's like, okay, well, then if he's good and he's a pass rusher, he should go in the top 30. And I don't think he will. Yeah. And yeah, because with guys like that, it's such an athletic, athletically dependent position that even if you're not a top pick, then you need to have the rare tools like a Daniil Hunter or an Everson Griffin. You know, guys like that, even Max Crosby was was a very good athlete. So like, they have he things to he lean just slipped on. through the cracks because he went to Eastern Michigan. Right. And, and didn't have like the arm length or, you know, there are some things they didn't have. But like if you're not a stone cold freak as an athlete at the edge position, like it's going to be really, really hard for you to succeed in the NFL. Yeah. And that's not to say you can't, but those guys are massive outliers. Yeah. Like Robert it, Quinn. Like, first round, like I can go, I could, I could go for days on this. Robert Quinn, first round pick. Uh, Jerry Hughes, first round pick. Like, like I said, I, I can go for days on this. Yep, that's and so that's kind of the thing. Like, get them high or, or leave it. Get them high or leave it alone. Get them high or late. Like, that's kind of the thing too. Like, I think it was uh, Buko was talking about the only day two edge rusher they've ever taken in recent memory is Kyler Fackrell, just because like that's kind of like the that's kind of the desert for these edge type guys, where it's like okay, well, what do 
You know, I'd rather just yeah. take, I, I honestly would rather take like a Jonathan Garvin on day three where it's like, okay, at least you have the traits. Let's see if we have something here. Let's not just take a guy that's like, like the Derek Barnett's of the world. They're like, oh, he was really good in college. He was good, man. That that's He was good. Yeah, he, that's one. But, I but he, and I, I liked him too. I liked him too. Fine. But I thought like, ah, uh, his ceiling is like an eight to 10 sack type guy a year. And he's not really even that. Or, you know, like Jalen Ferguson was another guy that people are like, oh, he's so good in college. But it's like, dude, he's a really bad athlete. And there are ways you can win in college. But you, but if you're not the freak athlete in the NFL, those offensive tackles more than likely are just going to absolutely have you for lunch. So uh, that's that. And then the last two guys that, you know, we talk about is uh, Travis Jones and Logan Hall. I think those guys uh, meet a lot of requirements for the Packers. Um, one thing that the Packers really love for those interior defensive linemen is that 10-foot broad jump. Both those guys hit that. Both those guys are young. Uh, they talked about wanting an interior kind of pass rush. Yeah. I think Logan Hall would be a guy that is really intriguing in that role because I think you can still play him at edge too. I think he is yeah, super that's versatile. The, that's what's interesting about Logan Hall is what do you do with him in the base defense, you know? Uh, and that's okay. that is something that the Packers have not done outside of Zadarius Smith, in my opinion, is like, okay, this is where you play in base, and then when it's third down, like I don't, I can't think of a guy that they've drafted to play multiple positions. They've drafted all the defensive linemen they've drafted under Goody have been defensive linemen, and all the edges they've drafted under Goody have been edges as much as I thought Rashawn Gary should play three tech. And I ended up being wrong about that. I, I thought Rashawn Gary should have, they, when he was coming out, I thought the best use of Rashawn Gary would be to kick him inside, put 12 pounds on him and let him go North and South. And I am going to end up being wrong with that take, but Logan Hall is interesting because I think you nailed it. Like I, at two eighty three, we you know what if he played like, what if his playing weight is really like 276? Well, mm-hmm. that gets iffy at five, at five tech, at four I. Th- that gets really iffy, especially at six, six. Like if you were six one, 280, then okay, you can, you know, you can kind of wiggle in there. You can be Mike Daniels, uh, who isn't that light either. But six, six, 280 gets pushed around potentially. And so that is that is interesting to me. Would they draft a player? that they view as a pass rush down defensive lineman that they probably wouldn't allow to play on the defensive line on first and 10 or second and three or third and one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with Hall too, he's someone that for a, a while, I think, I don't want, I hate, I hate saying this because I hate sounding like that guy, but I'll just say he's someone <laughs> that for a while I've, I've mentioned as someone as at 28, that could be a viable option that I could absolutely yeah. see green Bay being like, you know what? We like this guy. We're going to take him. And anybody I know runs, anybody who runs sub four, nine at 283 pounds, I'm at least interested in. Yeah. And I, I that idea got poo pooed on. All over my face by people like, oh, he sucks. He's not. <laughs> it's like he does one. Don't tell. Don't tell me suck. he sucks. Yeah, he does because not. You have, not you have not watched his tape. And yeah. two, his his teammate last year snuck Cole Payton. Oh no, Cole Payton plays quarterback for the. <laughs> where, who, where are you? Who who, uh, who got drafted by the Saints last year? Turner. Uh, why am Logan I having a for? She no, that's not right either. Is it the other Houston edge rusher last year that snuck into the end of the first round? 
What do you... <laughs> say, talk, talk to the people. I don't, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> talk to the people. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, Peyton Turner. What Peyton did Turner. I say? Logan Turner? Uh, Logan Turner. I got I was Cole really Payton. Close. We got we got like five different names. <laughs> that guy. But in, in yeah. any case, his teammate last year built it like almost the same way. His tape is very similar. Like he snuck into the end of the first round. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Logan Hall did the same thing. And I, would I mean, not I be think I, I, that team was I, the Packers. I think Logan Hall's a lot more NFL ready than Peyton Turner, in Maybe. my opinion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe Peyton Turner had a lot of fans last year. I, I just remember him kind of in the same same vein. People just being like, don't be surprised when he goes round one. And then he did. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I, I guess I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. So Logan Hall. But the other guy is Travis Jones. He screams Green Bay Packer to me just because of every – like his, his tape is good. His tape versus Clemson might be some of the best tape of any prospect in this draft. I mean, that was – he was a one-man wrecking crew – against Clemson this past year. He's, he fits all their athletic measurables. What's wild to me about him is why isn't he talked about as a top 25 pick? Because guys like him that are that big with the tape and the athleticism, like those guys don't fall. They don't fall very far at all. Like I remember like big Dexter Lawrence a few years ago, got out of Clemson, got drafted by the Giants. It was kind of the same story where it was, again, I'm going to be that guy, but People told me I was dumb for saying he's going to go in the top 20. And guess what? He won in the top 20, and he's been a pretty good football player because guys that are that big and can move like that, they just don't last. They don't last long. It's the same thing with, like, Jordan Davis. Like, he is – he shot up boards after he showed that he has the ability to move. Um, is he going to go top five, top ten, like some people were saying at a certain point? No, but I bet he's off the board before 20. Um, so, you know, guys like that, I don't, I don't know why Travis Jones then doesn't get that type of hype. But if he's there at 22 or 28 for the Packers, I, I would think they would have a really hard time passing up on him. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think, I mean, he's, he's good, man. Like he, he's a guy that keeps moving up or kept moving up for me. And then, uh, you know, this is like, you just don't watch a lot of UConn, man. <laughs> that, that, that's no. just life. <laughs> you know, uh, but boy, he's something else, especially after he tested. Um, I, you know, he, he is more to me, more of a Packers type in the sense of there's no question where you're lining him up. Mm -hmm. And he's also, they talked about, okay, Hey, we want, we want to give Kenny help. They basically said that when they signed Ron Reed, uh, they also said, we want another interior pass rusher. Okay. That's kind of drawn Reed too, but isn't Travis Jones, both those things. Right, I mean, he he's got the athletic tools to be a quick penetrating um, type interior defensive lineman. My thing with him is where where do you play him? Do you play him at the five? Do you play him the four eye? I mean, with Kenny playing the nose, like how do how do you get them on the same field at the same time? Or do you just play them in a sub package where we're like, hey, we're playing two down linemen and they're just Kenny Clark and Travis Jones, and good luck moving those guys. Yeah, 
a thousand percent. I mean, a, th- a thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's our list. I mean, that's my list. I don't know. Do you have anyone else that you would like to add to that list that you're just like, man, this dude, um, if he is a Packer or come Thursday night, I am zero bit surprised. Um, th- for Thursday night, first round. Yeah. First round pick. I, you know, I keep seeing this Tyler Smith, Steve, and it's like, oh boy, that'd be something. Um, but you said least bit surprised, and I mean, I would be surprised. I would be, I would be plenty, plenty surprised. Um, well, that's the whole thing too, Ross. Like we just went through this yeah. list of guys. We're like, ah, oh, sure. these would all be great Packers, and then they won't take any of them, and it'll be yeah. two <laughs> opposite guys completely, and we'll be like, well, we're idiots. Cool. Something yeah. you didn't know. No, and it's it's interesting. You know, um, I've, I've mentioned it a, a number of times. Like a lot of the guys that you think would make sense for the Packers for this reason or that make them non-obvious. You know, every like I think Christian Watson at 28, um, I would take him at 22, but I understand that there are people who have him lower. Like I think, um, you know, Reef Hassan did the composite draft board. I think Cedo came in at like 44, and I was the highest of all of everyone at 20, and that's that's fine. I mean, people are going to come at me for being a homer that, that whatever, that's fine. Uh, you know, 24 spots ahead of consensus is, is plenty, but I have a firm first round grade on him and, and whatever. But, uh, you know, I think him at 28 would make a lot of sense if he was one year younger. Um, Olave would make a ton of sense at 22 if he was 12 pounds heavier. Um, you know, guys like Jermaine Johnson and Boye Mafe would make a ton of sense if they were a year and a half younger. Uh, you just keep going through these dudes, and it's like, well, this guy's kind of old, and this guy didn't like Zion Johnson. Pauline talking about Zion Johnson, not athletic enough to be a Packer. Like you, you just keep going through all these guys, and it's there's like one little thing here or there that makes them not make a hundred percent sense. So these, this is, it was a tough task. What was put in front of, of, of us as far as, you know, these great fits, because a lot of olds, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of olds in this class and a lot of smaller wide receivers at the top of the list. And those are two things Green Bay has not done. Which is a hundred percent. Why when you say something like you're preparing yourself for Dax, that, that makes sense. He may, he fits, he checks every single box. Travis Jones checks every single box. Lewis Seen checks every single box. So it, it'll be interesting. Uh, the best part is a week from today, we'll know. We'll know who it is, and we can start talking about who they are and uh, all that good stuff. So um, that is going to be it for us today, guys. Next time we'll talk to you, we'll, we'll probably be talking about that first-round pick or two picks or no picks. Who freaking knows? We'll find right. out. Um, but until then, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, enjoy the draft weekend. We will uh, find, you know, find us on Twitter and stuff. We'll be doing all, all types of cool stuff over at Packer Report and other places across the internet. Uh, we'll catch you next time. And until then, go Pack Go.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.